Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 155. Dusty Hanshaw, Scott McNally, Ron Partlow, you know the deal. I uh, hope everyone enjoyed the Dennis Wolf episode. It was a lot of fun for us. We would love uh, your feedback on that. And uh, like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. There we go. That's different. Yeah, hey, it's different. with the Let's dogs barking in the background. Let's compete with Donna. <laughs> and, and remember, uh, Mutant is helping out the show. So if you do want to, if you're in North America and you want to order online, it's immutant.com, and you can use Dusty20 or BigRon20 as your code. So knock yourselves out. Hey, Savings. what's going on, Savings Scott? I love the Nirvana t-shirt. It's a throwback for us, people like us. We knew when it, when these shirts first came out, people and like now us. there's 14 year old girls that never heard Nirvana that are buying these yeah. shirts from Target. Yeah, which I got yeah. this one from they Target. Don't, they don't even know they that don't, on a plane is played in drop D. They yeah. don't even know that. There's, there's a, I didn't know that. There's, there's actually that shirt is in my house, so you are absolutely right yeah. with that. I told you. Yeah, <laughs> I actually saw it. I believe like a day ago. I was like, oh, I remember. That. I had that. Yeah. Are you guys are, are you guys aware of my Project Nevermind thing that I'm doing? Uh-uh. We talked about that where I'm uh-huh. learning yes, a whole Nevermind oh, yes. album. Yes. It just sounded bigger when you said yeah. Project Nevermind. Project Nevermind. That's my that's what I'm calling it. That's like how that. big it is in my head. That's how big <laughs> it is in my head. Uh, it's coming along. I, I don't know if you project. guys have seen some of the clips, but I'm like pretty much over half done the album. Nice. You know, some of the songs are easy, so I just get them out of the way. But it's coming. But I'm going to finish it. I'm determined. So I appreciate all the Instagram love. A lot of we've, people send me a message. We've actually had people, well, somebody asked, and I thought it was a great idea. You should serenade us one day on the show. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I had a feeling that's what you're going to say. But I thought it was a cool idea, yeah. you know. I had a feeling like, that's what you're gonna say. <laughs> you just pull one of those guitars down, <laughs> plug it in. Oh yeah. Just, well, I got the acoustic here. I could just go all oh. campfire. There you go. Yeah. You know. You know what I mean. Solid. Sure, it translates translates perfectly, right, Dusty? I feel it. I feel it for sure. I've been actually. I've been keeping track though. I've actually been. I, I, I follow your stories more now that you've got this. Uh, never mind project happening oh oh it's yeah. been a lot of fun i'm that, really having that, fun playing the bass the, but let me ask you you got to decide right today the weather's good i don't know if it is but it is in my mind the weather's yeah, good, it's pretty good out but you, but you're also vibing pretty good do you grab the guitar or do you grab the bike if you can only do one who you grab the bike because the bike is 100 percent weather dependent and the mm. guitar i can True. do that at night i can do that anytime i want yeah. So if I ever plan to ride my bike and it's it's raining, I come home and I replace that time with guitar time. And I try to like always get better at something. So I have like two different things I can try to get better at at all times. You know what I mean? I and then I'm never fucked. Do. You know, because Dusty, be one thing, one thing that Dusty has taught me as a friend. Which was? Is I... When he first used to say it, I was like, ah, that's dusty, you know, but then I'm like, wait a minute. I started thinking about it and I'm like, maybe that's, is that the best way to think? 
I'm like, I don't know if that's the best way to think. It might just be an effective way for Dusty to live his life. I'm really curious. But now, now sometimes I sometimes I say it to myself. Now I go, ah, oh, maybe Dusty's right, and this is how I should view things. And I'll say it to myself as motivation. And the saying that it is is life is a scoreboard. Hmm. That's a fact, right? He sees everything as a scoreboard. Okay. And so my 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 thing about that is is that a is that the best way to see life? Because then do you start like racing to get to the door before the other guy all the time? Like, mm. or like, oh, I got to get to the elevator before that guy. Does everything become a scoreboard? Like every <laughs> single thing. <laughs> And I don't know if that's necessarily a great way to like be, but yeah. maybe, maybe for some people, that's how that it might be why I don't have any friends. <laughs> Ever since Pushing I tripped people that guy out of the running way. the elevator, just it went sideways. I don't know. People are reaching for elevator buttons, and he's slapping their hand out of the way and hitting the button himself. I fucking beat you. No, I, yeah. I saw a guy try to fill up his drink the other day at the Circle K. He brought that shit up. I knocked it out like Matumbo. I'm like, no. Yeah, me Filt first. Yeah, life is a scoreboard, bitch. <laughs> But oh, you know, sometimes I'll good guys. Sometimes if if like I just need a little bit of motivation, you know, like you know, we all have times where like fuck I'm pretty tired. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I'm gonna I don't know if I'm gonna play guitar tonight. Oh we lost Dusty. Yeah. It had to happen Did some we point. lose Dusty though? Did we lose is that a loss? Maybe <laughs> maybe today. Maybe today is we're not it's not meant to be. Like it was meant to be because he's be, back. Oh, Here he is. There we go. The, because the dogs have been barking so much that I was clicking mute so regularly during the beginning of this that when Jed barked, I clicked and I was on hang up. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I was like, that's not even my fucking dog. Jesus. It's not even my dog. There's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> I cannot stop this sound, but here I am hanging up on the whole. I stopped the show for you, Jed. Oh, now we're having problems. Now I've got no sound out of Ron. Yeah. I hear you. Did Dusty. you mute yourself? We can't hear you. I saw him move. Did he much? Did he touch the mic? Am I good now? You're good now. There we go. You're back. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, that was scary. Don't, guys, Jeez, don't, guys no more buttons for the rest of the show. This is your producer. Take your hands away from the buttons. <laughs> no more buttons. I will do the rest of the show like this. I'm also better yeah. looking if I do it this way. There we go. There we go. So, yes. Okay. Let's move on. Every time I tried to, every time I tried to say something, dogs were barking. So Dusty's <laughs> laughing. Okay, my dogs were barking so, again. I had to break the rule and touch the button again. It's okay. Yeah. So let's okay. touch on some bodybuilding first. Up in my house, whatever. <laughs> let's let's Isn't touch on some bodybuilding to start with. Yeah, yes. I guess. Eh? Is that how the new okay. parenting? Is that how the new parenting works? So I've been rolling with it. It's cool. Okay. Um. We had another pro show. Antoine's going to the Olympia. What'd you guys think of that? I thought it was awesome, but I thought what was even more awesome was the post he put up today. Yeah, um, he put up a great post. Pull today. that up, uh, Scott. But his um, his post he put up today, I did not realize how recently the last rehab uh, stint was. Oh yeah, and yep. damn. What a fucking comeback. I mean, this is these these last two shows the best he's ever been. 
ever. Yeah, it's and he's pretty coming crazy. back from torn muscles, rehab. Which, I mean, which post is this? Because I'm looking at his Instagram. The right newest now. post. Yeah, the newest post. Uh, yeah, I'm not you getting. Send it. it to you. Yeah, why don't you please? I'm on it. I mean, he Boom. was just in rehab last year. You know. Yep. He said he's 422 days clean and sober. That's great. You know. And he just gives a, a really detailed thank you to, you know, all these these certain people, obviously. You know, he's got a great crew around him, um, you know. So, yeah, it was just a really, really well done post and a classy post. And, you know, uh, kind of makes you wish that or it kind of makes you, you know, realize and remember, you know, when I was competing all the people that really made it possible for me too, you know, hmm. and it's uh, just a good reminder, you know, so he had quite the crew around him cause he went through a lot of shit. So yeah, I'll read the beginning part of it just because I thought it was so interesting. Um, he said a year ago at the beginning of July. So literally a year ago, I was coming out of my fifth rehab for drug addiction with the arm sewn a brace from tearing my other bicep during the, re during a relapse. I lost all the gains from the gym that I had made from the couple of years prior. But I was about to lose so much more if I didn't check myself in. My friends, my home, my finances, my family, and my life. Fast forward a year. I'm 422 days clean and sober. Just won the Chicago Pro and qualified for the Olympia again. How did I did it? You might ask yourself. How do I do it? That's not what happened. How did we do it is the right question that I can answer. And that's where he goes into the key people that he, he wanted to thank. So I, I just... I know some people. I've had some experience. Um, I actually had an employee that was a friend of mine that uh, I had to take to rehab. Um, and just for someone who is sober, going to a rehab facility and just sitting in the lobby is something I have told people, like, I would take kids to do. Because it blew my mind to see people in that kind of pain sitting mm -hmm. there shaking. I mean, I saw things. I saw a guy literally in the way in um, vomit, fall down in it, lay in it, not get up. And this was my entrance into a rehab facility that I was taking someone to then seeing people just shaking and pain and all these things. And so to imagine bouncing back from that 422 days, days later and winning a pro show at his all time best. And remember, he's coming off of two bicep tears, I believe. That would he tore that both. He said last year. Yeah. And by the way, they're still way better than mine ever were. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, okay, so you got the best surgeon, the best genetics, and he's just, he's, he used, I feel like he was a machine that just executed. So I loved seeing him win already. But when I read that, because I had no idea, I don't know how, but I missed that he had another rehab stint and, yeah. you know, seeing him give the credit and then also seeing the people around him. I mean, he's got a new girl in his corner that's been there for a bit that I guess he really credits a ton of stuff to a ton of his success. Yeah. And he's back to enjoying life and you can see it. And I mean, I've been a fan of him since I was coming up just because I thought he was one of the few people in the industry that was truly doing it his own way. Like even the social media part, like, He's not trying to figure out what everyone else is doing to, to work. Just like you said with this posing routine, Ron, like he's just himself and people love him. I mean, how, how could you not? Yeah. 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 
yeah, it's good to see, you know, it, um, you know, we get a lot of the bodybuilding's, uh, especially social media is a lot of, Hey, look at me. Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> look what I, look what I did. <laughs> so that's a good, like sobering post and not even to use the word sobering. And I didn't even mean to pun that, but you know, it is a, like, a, a, you know, wake up call type of post, um, for a lot of people to read and just remind them of the people around them that have helped them out mm -hmm. you know, too. So it's a good reminder, That's you know, cool. humble, humble ourselves. Everyone can read that post and maybe humble themselves a little bit and, you know, take a moment. So, um, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, definitely good idea to point that out. Um, I, uh, I got to congratulate. I helped a classic guy, um, that jaws guy, John Lee, I helped him again. Oh, yeah. He went down and hopped in Chicago. We made top three, Hell yeah. And um yeah, he nailed a nailed a third there and, and collected more points. And um he ate for he ate for a day and a half and he uh he just uh texted me this morning and said, Let's go to Dallas. So no kidding. So he, he got so, top three previous at the last show too, right? Yeah, he got second at the Van a Pro second. and okay. third at the Chicago Pro. So how many points yeah. does that give him now? Like is if he does I, another show, does I, that mean even if he doesn't win, will he be getting close? Well, I mean, I think if you, you know, anyone with, uh, I mean, let's say he goes to Dallas and nails top three again. I mean, yeah, um, I, I'm sure he's definitely high up in points compared to most people. Yeah. So you'd think mm -hmm. that would kind of put you near the top of the list. But, um, you know, I believe he can win one of these shows. I mean, if you're consistently top three and it's no fluke, you know, second in Vancouver and everyone's like, oh, wow, well, it's a Canadian show. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. How about top three in Chicago? Yeah. There. How's that? You know? Yeah. Let's go to Dallas. That's so, cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Pretty excited. And uh, I, it was funny because um, after prejudging, he said, well, I'm in first call out. You know, I think I might be battling for third. And I said, okay, just so you know, I'm going to be in Dallas in a couple of weeks with, <laughs> with Ditto. <laughs> and he just and rolled he, that uh, out there <laughs> nice. yeah, i'm gonna be there anyways with ditto and he goes uh noted nice <laughs> so yeah so yeah so we're gonna have a lot of fun dallas is gonna be a blast and i've also got a guy doing the amateur show um the next day so i'm gonna stay for that as well i got a guy out of texas mike harrison helping him out nice and um and I'm pretty excited to, uh, you know, go down and uh, U.S. shows are fun, you know. So it's fun to go to like a big show. So, yeah, looks like da Dallas is coming up on my schedule. So I look forward to uh, seeing anyone who's going to be at the Dallas show, you know. Definitely let you guys know that I'm coming. Hey, let me throw in a, like an actual like bodybuilding you know, technique question here for you. So if, if he just competed this weekend, he competed uh, at that previous show. Now you've got him doing this next show. How, what, what's, what's happening right now? How are you managing his nutrition and everything to get him to be able to right. peak again? So, um, he has to be 180 for his height. So, 180 is his cutoff. So, he was like, you know, like 178.9 at Vancouver and like the same at Chicago, 179.1 or something. Um, and then probably like 180, 181 on stage, hopefully. You know, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, obviously between shows, we only had six days. We only had six days because he uh, he competed Sunday and yep. then he decided Monday to do Chicago. 
So he had already he was all he was already one he was already 190 to 92 pounds. <laughs> right. So he went back on one carb meal. So just okay. protein and veg, protein and veg with one carb meal. He went back on that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then uh he made weight Thursday at 179 or whatever. Did you have to cut water and to make that happen? Uh, no, he got up that morning and ate breakfast and drank a liter of water to get himself pissing. And yeah. then he just held mm-hmm. off. Okay. And he waited till 3 p.m. He made weight and then he immediately rehydrated completely, like put down like two liters of water and a couple of giant meals. And we got him up to like 183 overnight. And, mm. um, and, uh, he, we can't cut water on him or he gets flat. He has mm. to keep hydrated. And um, he just drank all the way till like midnight Friday night. And then on Saturday, he probably had fucking two liters of water before he went on stage. By the time he went on stage, he kept drinking with his meals and all that. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so it worked well. But then he pigged out for a whole day and a half. And, no, no, he, compete. and he got so fucking hard and full. Because yeah. remember... We dieted 60 pounds off of them, and we didn't really have time to have any high days or cheat meals. It was oh, like a yeah. race. Yeah. So what you wind up is, and you have to make weight. So you don't have a yeah. choice. You have to be 180, and yeah. then you have to yeah. compete right away after that. But now we realize how big he actually is. Because <laughs> I kept, it was, he's like 190 pounds, and I think his glutes were <clears throat> even more striated. And right. it's like, well, hey, like making 180 is going to be the thing that, is going to be the big, you know, you know, you can't, you know, you don't expect it to look like this easily after, you know, ramming yourself down to 180. It, it's, it's hard. So I made the joke the other day. I was like, hey, you know, maybe you're a year away from 212. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he kind of goes, he goes, well, the way I look, the way I looked yesterday morning, I, I wouldn't have, it's not that, you know, we're not that far off. So, Hell anyways, yeah. but he's got to be 180 again. So, long and the short is he's just back on two carb meals. He's got some oatmeal and some rice in one meal mm-hmm. each and that's it low calories hour cardio back on everything and he'll probably piss down to 180 by the weekend you know he's got two and a half mm-hmm. weeks now or three weeks so he'll probably be 180 by next monday maybe and then we're back in the clear you know nice so just yeah. low carbon for a while that's all you know pretty simple so i'm excited okay Jeez. what else going on What's new with Dusty? Not much. I'm uh, just back in the gym and sore. I took that whole week off, and the, the holiday first week, time right? in probably years. Remember. Yeah, I took. Uh, I did. I did uh, arms alone on Saturday. And my I woke up this morning Monday, triceps and biceps destroyed. I had to gun them. With the uh, with the Theragun before going into the gym, and then just that was the biggest struggle for my pressing today was, damn my fucking triceps and biceps hurt. But probably get up to, yeah, I mean it's fine. I'll get them up to a solid seventeen like they were in my prime and be good to go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. What about you, Scott? I, I I'll tell you guys what I think. I'm back to training consistently again. Finally, like I I think like the health is there. I think that it's Mm -hmm. going good. So I've actually been training about four or five days a week now and I'm not not going crazy with it, but it feels nice because 
I've had to spend that last 18 months feeling like eh, this might not be my thing anymore. I might not be able to do this the way I love, but and I might not be able to do it the way I used to, but I think it's coming back. So I dealt with that. I didn't get to follow the show a lot. Uh, I had a funeral to go to on the weekend. But, you know, outside of that, just uh, I'm watching my mom's dog right now. So we have like a whole pack at the house. Victoria's on like this crunch line for her Ph.D. right now. So it's just kind of like a lot of not fun stuff to talk to uh, about on the podcast, you know, like like stress stuff. She's he's like, have you seen um, what's his name? Uh, Santa's little helper from The Simpsons. Yeah. Yes. He looks identical to Santa's little helper. And he's like six months old and he's timid. So Betsy, my my American Bulldog pit mix used to be my gym dog and she'd hang out with me and I'd tell her, I'd tell her, okay, get back. Cause I'd be doing like some heavy dumbbells and she'd just like take a step back. She'd hang there, you know, let me do my thing. I could scream if I needed to. And she'd be like, yeah, that's just what dad does. This dog is kind of timid. So I did like one set. It wasn't even really hard, but I might've made a little noise today. And I, I put the dumbbells back on the rack, didn't even drop them. And I look at him and he's like cowering over in the corner and I tried to pet him and he peed a little bit. So I realized I don't have a new gym dog out of him. He's he's not gym uh, dog quality. Not she can't yet. Get gym not dog yet. material. Yeah, Betsy was upstairs just shaking her head. She has bad hips, so she can't get down the stairs now. She's getting to be an old girl, but she was disappointed. Why don't you get one of those? Why don't you get one of those chairs that the old people have that comes down the steps? You just sit Betsy on. <laughs> oh, why don't I'll, you get one of those? I'll work on that. I'll work on that. Yeah, you can I'm even you can you even hook it up dog. with like. Yeah, yeah, you just get like a pulley. Dog. You get a pulley. Yeah, I get a pulley. You can just like zzz, zzz, lower yeah. it down. Yeah. <laughs> can you even teach a dog to do it herself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I'm here to help you. I'm Thank like you. I saved your life. You can't pick That's every dog up. Training, Dusty. You can't pick your every training dog up. Is not what it used to be because Betsy's not there. It could be. It. It's not the same. You know what? I see. I see a musical montage video of Betsy coming down, pulling herself down so that she can oh. be with. Her dad in the gym, and then the and then it gets reposted on the dodo. Oh yeah, on Instagram, oh, wait. and gets millions of views. Wait, 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 wait! I just had a realization though. Is it her hips, or is she trying to avoid the fucking Crocs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should wear some other shoes and see if her hips are as bad. <laughs> Maybe she just walks down the damn stairs She's like, thank God, Nikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't wear the Crocs while I'm training. Just it's like an around the house oh, thing, you know. Okay, it's like hanging out. All right. Yeah, I, I think Sorry, did you guys just... enjoy the. Did you enjoy the photo I sent you guys of that Croc decoration I found on my floor of my gym? Yes, <laughs> it was. A, I said I, I sent like Scott one this morning too of a dog wearing Crocs. I saw that. Oh, nice. Yeah, giblet. That was a giblet, yeah. Ron. That's what those are called. Oh, okay. Giblet. I I, I actually you know like there's things there's a very short list of things that I wish I didn't know <laughs> and, the, and because of your brain you can't unknow now yeah, you were holding yeah, a giblet forever oh god so what did everybody Ron we want to know what his, everybody um, IQ tested hold up this is something that came up with a client of mine you need to have your IQ tested we've decided that'd be interesting yeah I'd be curious you know I'm I've always been like afraid of getting my IQ tested because I like to think that I'm an intelligent person. But then <laughs> like, remember that, remember that, that Seinfeld where, where like 
they they cheat on the IQ test and still fail. I always thought like, what if I write it? <laughs> what if I write it and I'm like, I get like a ninety, like, like ninety, yeah. Or even if they just told you like, you're just you know you're average, you know, or yeah. slightly below okay. average, you know. But you're good. No. You'll pass. You'll pass through everything. Don't worry about it. You'll be able to make it in life. That'd be a lot. IQ's interesting. But listen, but IQ, I, I, I just had to go look at this email again. IQ only measured your capacity to learn and retain knowledge. And your retention is not human. Well, so I'm very, yeah. very <laughs> curious. Like, we need That's to have a vote below I mean, if Ron needs to do this. Because, you know, I have a feeling that it's going to be pretty much off the charts. Well, retention is a strong point of mine. Even with the years of abusing my brain, um, I still did pretty good. You know, I got my my, my number. My is, I smoked a bunch of weed. I that's all. I see Ron at one sixty five. That's my number. One sixty five. Are we putting money on this, genius? Dusty? What's genius? One thirty is genius, right? Dusty, look that up. I'm on it, but I'm pretty. No, I mean, one that you're already well above at 165. It's um, yeah. No, I think genius is 130. I know it might de- depend on what category you're doing or what test you do, but Victoria's parents then, wouldn't let her get tested. They they said they didn't want that to affect her future, so she doesn't know. But she is genuinely right. the smartest person that I know, and she has that right. retention. You know. 130 to 144 is moderately gifted. 145 to 159 is highly gifted. And 160 to 179 is exceptionally gifted. And 180 and up is profoundly gifted. So what's genius? genius? Is that not a proper term? See, look how dumb I am. I don't even know. (laughs) But you will have to learn it. um, They say Einstein's estimated IQs um, were right. Let's see. Let's see here. Bum, 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 bum. Estimate IQ's IQ scores range from 205 to 225. Wow. So that's when oh, you're at wow. the point that like you can't function in society very well. You know what I mean? But well, no, because the yeah. problem is this though, is your no, your your IQ and your EQ are what decides. Hmm. So if somebody has got a very high IQ but their EQ is like zero, they're the ones that because they also can't even identify with how fucking stupid everyone else is. Oh, like that's okay. so their brain. You know what I mean? Here's why I had the number. I had the number one thirty-two in my head, and that's because right. you have to be you have to be one thirty-two to become a member of Mensa, mm. which is like that federation for smart people. And um, yeah, if you don't have a one thirty-two, you can't get into Mensa. So, so, I so yeah, okay. you gotta be pretty smart. Should be pretty smart. Yeah. So, anyways, you Ron, know. this is something I'm very curious about. Actually, dead serious. My my client who sent this to me, um, he actually said he's a, he follows the show. His name's Ed, great dude. He said, "I would love to know what Ron's is." See, I don't want to wind up finding out it's 89. It's yeah. not even high enough to be a di- dishwasher in the army. Next, next thing I know, <laughs> Ron says something. I'm like, it's probably not right. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, everyone stops believing me. <laughs> ah, what does he know? Lose all credibility. I'm pretty sure that Kurt Cobain was not the lead singer of Nirvana, according to this, because Ron said it was. Yeah, he's an 89. <laughs> <I'm terrible. laughs> he's an 89. We just get, I'm going to get him a bunch of new, new mutant shirts, say 89 on them. <laughs> yeah. 
Why does his say eighty nine yeah. and yours says ninety five? Well, yeah, I think no. you have to. I think you have, I think you have to have a ninety. I think you have to be like at least a ninety to get into the army. So you <laughs> know, in the states, though, as long as you're not straight, you can jump right in. Um, oops, can't say that. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh you americans i don't even know what's going on down there anymore i uh Italy. did your president have cancer or was that an accident like is it that just the dementia talking i don't know i missed something on what? the news <laughs> what <laughs> oh well he said, first off he's not my president but uh, i'm sorry <laughs> didn't he say something like millions of americans like me have cancer didn't he yes, say that it's like wait that's wait does he have cancer yeah. So. <laughs> but no, but he, all, he does it, have COVID now. So that's how it all got thrown off. Well, I'm just glad there's some comedy coming out of the president. When the president talks and there's no comedy, there's like, well, it's like weird. So it's good that there's some comedy. We have so much, we have so much great meme material all the time. There's the there's one in the, the in the gun community. There's one going around because you know he's very anti-gun and he had said that uh, civilians don't need nine millimeters and and so there's a lot of memes about this. He said that if you get shot with a 22 and it goes into your lung, then we can go in with surgery. We can have that removed. You'll be okay. If you get shot with a nine millimeter, your lung will get blown completely out of your body. Which is not true. Like 85% of people who get shot with handguns survive. So I'll say that. But yeah, so there's like a ton of gun memes floating around about like blowing lungs. In fact, I saw ammo for sale on a website where it said nine millimeter blow the lung out of your body. Something like that. You know, right. right, $299. Yeah. Marketing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think that's a great. I think I might do a whole episode that way. I'm going to do the Biden episode where I just make shit up. Yeah. For an hour while we're on the show, but speak you know, it as if it's a fact. Yeah, and maybe at the end I'll read out end quote. <laughs> right, end quote, repeat line. Um, <laughs> so I had fun at the range. Did we talk about me going to the range? No, we. You didn't. guys were very proud of me. You didn't. Yeah, yeah. You did good. I'm you very, did good. I went to the range. Did good. Had some fun. You know, my buddy brought his fifty cal and his three fifty seven and his Glock with a laser sight on it. So was we had lots of toys to play with. And then I, I took my Glock. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we pounded out. I think I shot like, I shot three boxes of nine millimeters all myself. Nice. Three entire boxes of nine mil. And uh, we shot a whole box of 50 cal, a whole box of 357. And he shot a couple boxes of nine mil too. Like we, we, we've, we sent a lot of rounds, Scott. Yeah, you did. We would have been, been proud. That, re- that three, so, that... Now, 50 cal revolver man looked wicked it was heavy man it was like you know i I hit the target with it (laughs) i I hit the target with it which was like because you know with a big long barrel like that if it moves a little you're off target like yeah you know that big fucking heavy barrel like it wiggles one millimeter it's you're not even hitting the paper you know (laughs) and uh so it was like it was yeah and then when i went back so what happened was i shot the 357 and the 50 cal and then i went back to my glock yeah. And it was so light. I was yes. just clustering things. Yeah, yeah. Like it it's was like just so easy set. to shoot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, it was like yeah. backing off it's like backing off to a plate and trying to get fifty reps. It was just easy, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I had a good time. That's cool. You know, learned picked up a little bit of terminology, you know, I'm slowly absorbed the lingo. 
What was you know, uh, what was something else you learned lingo you know, wise? Well, um, I I'd never used I'd never used the magazine loader. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, that was another surprise too. Was I'd I put bullets in a magazine before, but it was easy. I remember doing it when I was a kid, but I don't know if it was just like old magazine or the spring was really worn in or whatever. Yeah. But I went to load these brand new Glock magazines. Yeah. And like they're fucking I couldn't even get the bullets in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So does that just come with time, Scott? You just get more skilled? I think the springs do break in after a little while. Um, and, and they do have like these cool little magazine loaders that are like automatic. I don't yeah. Did you use the one that has like the spring in it or did you use the one that came with your gun? No, I use the one that had a little spring in it. Cool. Yeah. Those and, are, those um, are cool. And, and you just stuff one bullet at a time and bang, bang, bang. And it goes in really easy. Yeah. 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 So but you know what? You can cool. do it though. It's just a matter of like being yeah. able to press this one down. That's the key to get the next yeah. one lined up, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah they'll probably break yeah. in after a little while. You know, uh, yeah. I guess a little while, Fuad, a little while ago, Fuad was saying, he was like, I want to come to Detroit because he's close and shoot some guns. And he said that on his podcast. So, of course, I literally got like 25 people that were like, you should reach out to Fuad. So I messaged him and I sent him a picture of the arsenal. I was like, hey, dude, if you want to come out here, I'm 25 minutes over the border. Come out, shoot some guns with us. And he was like, yeah, OK, I'll, I'll think about it. I got to talk to my brothers and. This and that never happened, but I was hoping Fuad would get over here. I was going to let him shoot the silencer. Listen, oh, he's still if you're might. afraid to come over to the United States, Fuad, to shoot some guns. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, that's going to be our next post. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. I mean, if you're scared, it's okay. It's fine. If you're intimidated by Scott, we understand. <laughs> right, I drove it all now. Yeah, yeah. It was too far. Too far, Dusty. I was going too far. Too far. <laughs> That's why Dusty's here. So, do we talk about you the guys? Will never know the line yet? where it is if I don't go over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we? We haven't mentioned it yet, right? Dennis Wolf episode. Who's that? Who? Dennis. The oh. Dennis Wolf episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're fucking with you. No, we did not. We did not you. mention it. So, yeah, so uh, we hope everyone enjoyed it. We would love your feedback. Um, I just got a message back from Dennis here. Thanks for having me on. Tell the guys I had a great time. So, boom. He was really cool. He was, like, super laid back yeah. and just, like, you know, it was, yeah. it was fun. That was cool. Yeah. He did, like, like 90. Yeah. He did, like, 92% of the talking, which is, like, just perfect guest situation, you know? Yeah. So, makes it easy. All right, we do uh, YouTube questions now. Do we have something, Scott? I got a few. I've yes. got a few lined up. Um, okay, I got so, a couple too. Yeah, and I will say, guys, you guys didn't leave us a ton of YouTube questions this time around. So I'm gonna say get to it. And and also plus comments, all that stuff, it helps to boost us in the algorithm. And also, I appreciate everybody who is sharing our post on Instagram, especially if you post the link so people can go to that. It's uh, quite helpful. Okay. He says uh, another question. What habit do you think you can never let go of because it's in you from bodybuilding uh, for such a long time? Counting protein when ordering foods, seeing foods as carbs, protein, fats, eating on schedule. Great episode. And he's, he says uh, all the best from Austria. Shout out to Austria. Austria. Fantastic. 
Uh, great question. I just had a conversation yes. about this the other day, and we've sort of talked about it before, but I uh, I cannot imagine, like, I can actually imagine not training anymore. I can imagine it. Like, if I got really into some other kind of exercise that I felt worked my entire body, because I believe use it or lose it, right? If you mm -hmm. stop re resistance training, that's a bad thing health-wise, I think, long-term. So maybe I got really into a different type of resistance training. Like, I don't know. Uh, there might be something out there, but that's a long shot. So I, I see myself probably lifting weights till I die. But also just the seeing food um, in the three main macros. Yeah. Like, I, like, you know, adults who get up in the morning and have like a bagel, like, Dennis kind of mentioned, you know, like how we don't, we, we don't look at food like that. Like I'd be like, okay, a bagel is only one of the three macros. Like you need more protein or where's, you know, you gonna throw some fats in there. What are you getting, you know, what are you eating? Like, you know, I think seeing food that way will never go away. You know, I could see myself being 75 years old and being like, okay, I'm going to have some carbs and veg with my next protein meal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, Yeah. I was going to say, about for you? me, it's actually, it's, it's fluids. I think that's one thing uh, that yeah, yeah. people don't do. They don't realize how much they do or don't drink. Hmm. Like They don't hydrate. I know people that will barely drink anything all day and then wonder why they feel like hell. Like, I wake up every day and the very first thing I do is slam a liter uh, with... 10 grams of gear, the EAAs by mutant every single day, train, don't train, doesn't matter. Um, and that's like, that's the, that's where I'm like, okay, now I'm at baseline. I could start my day. Right. Like I can't imagine, like I have clients even now that when I start them, I'm like, I need six liters of water a day and I will go months and they're like, I'm almost there. And I'm like, yeah, by noon, how do you not drink yeah. like <clears throat> baffles me so yeah fluids is a big one for me that i know because because i literally have got it's like it's like bodybuilding we know when you're when you're in your training and you used to be able to eat three times a day and your body's used to it and now you you get like irritable if you go like four or so hours without food that's me with fluids like i mm. could i would be able to tell i'm dehydrated if yeah. i didn't drink right. at least five or six liters of water a day that's a good one. I'll add one in. And I don't know if it's because I'm still involved, meaning that it, you know, I, I'm either on the podcast with you guys, I'm coaching people, looking at their physiques online. But when before I was into bodybuilding, the idea of a big guy was could it be anybody with any level of muscle. And now mm -hmm. there aren't a lot, I don't really it's not that often that I'm out in public. And I can even tell that somebody lifts weights. Like, unless they yeah. have to be like dusty size. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that dude's jacked. But like, they might be, right. say, like, they're like my height, like 5'7, and they're, you know, 190. And it's like, oh, and, and a little bit of body fat, you know, might have mm -hmm. 18 inch arms. Yeah. And I'm like, does that guy lift? I can't quite tell, you know? Because <laughs> <Right, 'cause you're> <laughs> he looks like a normie. Yeah, I can't tell. <laughs> 
<laughs> just not sure if that's so, it. Yeah, that's like saying you can't tell if a if a guy's uh, MMA unless he's got cauliflower ears. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, nose, <laughs> nose is like yeah, that. that's a good thing. Watch out for those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just pulled this up uh, because I remember seeing something about it. But they they estimate that seventy five percent of American adults suffer from some level of chronic dehydration, huh. drinking only. 2.5 cups of water a day on average. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> barely, like not even three quarters of a liter. So, and and they're just saying the problem creates, uh, also when you don't drink nearly enough water, people start mistaking thirst for hunger. And um, so people yeah. wind up, and, and that's that happens. And you can actually, they say you can actually train your brain, accidentally train your brain to get even more confused about that signal. Huh. Wow. So if you keep just stuffing food in, obviously there's moisture in food, so there's some reward yeah. for the signal. Pretty like fair. there's some satis yeah, you're kind of satisfying the signal in a way. Let's say you eat a big bowl of cereal or something. Yeah. You're kind of satisfying your hunger say or your your thirst signal, but you don't think that. So now you're programming yourself to to think it's always gonna be when you feel that you're supposed to eat. And of course, everyone just gets fucking fatter and sicker and more disgusting to look at. You know how it goes. I can't imagine two point five. Is that including coffee and Monster Energy drinks? You know, that's like I don't know. I just uh, what definitely doesn't include Coke. No, (laughs) which yeah, you know, and 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 what is it like? Seventy five percent of the beverages that adults drink have caffeine in them, which. You know, that like dehydrates them even further. All right. You guys want another one? Yes. Yep. All right. Uh, Mr. Scotty T21. Great watch as ever. Uh, thanks for the continued shows. Let's see. A question for the next show. Which bodybuilders past or present would you pick for the ultimate band? And then he adds, I think as a joke, <laughs> playing air instruments, of course. And what would that band be named? I think this is a Ron question here. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Based on looks and attitude. So they don't necessarily have to be able to play instruments. So it doesn't have to be Kevin Levrone. So here's one. So Antoine's the drummer. For sure. <laughs> okay. Antoine's, Antoine's the drummer because he's like Animal from the Muppets. He <laughs> could like go crazy, right? You need someone who's just yep. like a cartoon character on the drums putting on a crazy show. You know what I mean? Yep. That's what I think. Yeah, I got I got Craig Titus in there for sure because he definitely is, has the attitude. What is he? Is he like the lead guitar player, or is he? Like, yeah, he's definitely. He's not. He's no, not, he's not the lead singer, so he's got to be like lead guitar. So there's yeah. an ego problem there, right? Because a lead guitar sure. player is going to have an ego ego problem. <laughs> you know, he's going to want to be the front man. You know. See, there's a bit of logic to this too. Yeah, I always I'm, thought I'm the, I always thought I always thought the bass player should be like tall. I don't know. Hmm. I always thought the, ba- the bass player should be like tall. So, so we got Jamie on the bass then. Yeah, Jamie. There you go, Jamie the Giant on the bass. That's perfect. <laughs> Plus, he's way too big to play guitar. His hands wouldn't even. He wouldn't even be able to play guitar. They. So, so yeah, bass. No let's put him on the bass. That's perfect for him. So you need a singer. See, we're getting a band already. You know. Who's... And then we need a singer. Oh, well, you got to put singing. Lavroni on them. Flex Lewis. Oh, no, Flex what about Lewis. Flex Lewis? Think about Flex the Lewis. Run and it's the a crowd. punk band. It's a punk oh, band. Yeah. He doesn't even need to be on key. 
he can he can say the word cunt a lot. Yeah, that would like be good. Funny. Which he loves to do. He can, right? He can get away with saying cunt. He'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, cunts. He can like talk to the crowd like that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I get it. Oh. And there's constantly a really tense dynamic between Craig Titus and the rest of the band because of like the whole murder thing. Yeah. So that's yeah. like, you know, it, yeah, there's like, and you're kind of wondering if they're going to explode on stage, but they're so intense in punk rock that you just stay for the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I'd buy a ticket to that. I would, do, I would go What's to the that name, too. What's the name of the mm. band? Damn. That's rough. It's a punk band, so it can be like one word, real simple. Yeah. You know? Is Inferno wrong? I was thinking something along those lines. No. (laughs) (laughs) Red Rock. Yeah. Wait, what was it? You uh, could call it. uh, Cars um, on Fire. Um. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just add gas. Burning cars. Okay, never mind. Yeah. (laughs) Just add gas. Tasers and gasoline. All right, I'm going to stop you guys right there, and we will move on (laughs) with another really important question. This is, they can't let this go, Ron. They just can't let it go. Question. Now half the audience is Googling Craig Titus. They have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, they have no idea why we're going on. They can't let it go, Ron. When eating pizza with a knife and a fork, what happens when you get to the crust? Still knife and fork or fingers and hands use? Uh, as always, great show. Thank you, Steve. So, so you know, so what you do is you cut, you eat the, eat the pizza up the slice, right? And then when you get about an inch, like about an inch of sauce and toppings left before the crust, you know what I'm saying, right? So you get like the last bit of pizza and then the crust is here. So when you get to that strip, you just cut it like this now. So then every bite has topping and crust, and you kind of fold every bite over. Wow. Okay. Where do you go to get pizza that there's topping on every piece, every inch, horizontally, with one inch left? So you have, like, in my head, then, you have pepperoni on every one of those slices? Well, approximately, they should be scattered rather evenly, you know? I mean, you're going to get lucky. There's going to be the odd bite where you fold it over and there's like a whole piece of steak in there. And that's just, that's how just that, that, that piece, that's just how it goes. And then the next piece might just be some cheese and sauce because there's no uh, topping and that's okay too. Uh, you don't have to like, you don't have to micromanage the toppings. You but just wait, but let me ask you this. able to manage the toppings. When you glance yeah. down, and this is a serious question, yeah. and you see that bite that's going to have the steak, the whole piece of steak in it, do you save that for last? Sometimes what I'll do, sometimes what I'll do is I'll slice right through it so it's half on one <laughs> bite and half on the other. So oh, you okay. you would rather have a little steak two times, two bites. Yeah, versus if it's a up to me, but once. that's where the managing comes in. It's all up to you. It's all up to you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Glad we know this. A couple, right. couple more here from YouTube. Um Hey guys, love the podcast. Question for the next show: uh, What should the natural progression be after a first cycle? Um, how much should you increase the dosage or add another compound after you've plateaued with a dosage and more food just makes you fat? Good question. Um, so, let's say the first cycle 
is just testosterone, which ideally it would be. That would be what I would do for my first cycle if I could go back and do everything all over again and probably just do that. Um, the natural progression might be to just go up a bit with the test. Like, let's say you're running 300 milligrams a week, your first cycle. You know, maybe you, you do your clean out, your time off, whatever, reassess. Uh, maybe next time you come back and you work up to 400 a week. And it, that's, you know, if, if you don't get gains at 300, maybe you get to three and you're growing again, you know, you don't have to go up, but, um, you know, you just really take your time and don't make big jumps. You know, you don't do your first cycle at 300 and then come back with a, you know, 750, you know, that's, especially if you made gains at 300, right? If you made gains at 300, then you, you want to try to minimize, or you could, if you're, you know, really adventurous, um, you could come back with the same, let's just say 300 test, but this time throw in, you know, 25, 30 megs of D ball a day for, you know, the middle part of the cycle or whatever you're structuring it and just see how that goes. But that would be it. I'd be, I guess the answer is small increments, you know, try to get as many gains as you can on as little as possible. I try to remember to think in percentages. That's what I tell people, like, because I get asked all the time, like gym people ask something like that. And it's like, think in percentages, because if you go from 300 to 400, that's a ton. It's a 33% increase. It's an enormous jump. And I don't think people think about that. There's, it's like, what's, it's only a hundred more. It's like, ease up. You were at 300. You know, I think one thing you want to factor in, it's like money. Okay. When you make $10 an hour, if someone all of a sudden pays you $12 an hour, your life just changed. Hmm. If someone increases my pay by, I don't work hourly, but if I did $2 an hour, I wouldn't even know it happened. Like it's the same. So when you add a hundred, but you're taking 1800 milligrams of something, it's not a ton, but when you're at 300, that's enormous. So factor that in. Cause I do see that a ton. People go from 300 to 500. No more. Yeah. 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 And they had 66%. Yeah. 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 It's like, Oh, easy, easy. You know? And it's, I press this all the time, and I think we have to. Is we we're not trying to downplay the what gear does. It's the idea that you wanna you wanna have a trick in the bag. If you're taking 750 milligrams early on in your career, plus you know other things, where do you go from there when it when that doesn't work? You know, I was so blown mm-hmm. away at what you know an amp did for me for 10 weeks or whatever it was when I first did it that. The second cycle, I just did the exact same thing because I was like, well, that worked. Let's do that again. You know, and of course, yeah. you never get your first cycle gains twice, but I grew again on 200 milligrams. So it's mm. like, all right, this seems to work. And I mean, I didn't bump it up from then until I was probably five weeks deep into a cycle at one point, three or four cycles in, and I hadn't really seen a difference. Right. It's like, oh, I guess it's time, you know? Yeah. I was always so limited by finances when I was, you know, in the nineties. Right. So we just couldn't really make big jumps. And then we were sort of in the situation where you took what, what you could get because drugs were hard to get. It was all European amps. So you might want to do, you know, drug A and drug B for a cycle, but you can only get drug C and drug D. So, okay, well let's make a cycle out of that. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? 
and yeah. um, I got three hundred dollars. What do we got? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he got three hundred bucks. You know, um, so yeah, that was it. Was it sort of kept us in line? You know, you know, like I said, mm -hmm. my first cycle was D ball, and my second cycle was one sustain on a week. You know, and my third cycle was one CC of Enentate a week. You know, like it was a, there was a lot of that. You know, to start. And, you know, I grew off all those cycles. That's a cool thing to remember, actually, looking back. I, I do remember when I finally got into bottles away from amps, I'd go, well, each of these bottles is 10 weeks. Hmm. Like, it was so nice to know, yeah. like, all right, this, yeah, this yeah. is in. I mean, this I was getting weeks. robbed at the time. But it's like, I got this is 10 whole weeks for $85. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> I had yeah. no idea I was getting screwed. But anyways. <laughs> all right. I got one more here. I'll be curious to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Uh, he says he's limb dominant chest and back are weaker how would you fix this uh can't really isolate the trunk muscles without the limbs um well i think it's a mistake to think that you have to take like a lot of people with that problem they're like oh okay i gotta find a way to take my triceps out of the movement it's like well yeah you still got to do compounds and no matter what they're going to activate like so just forget about not using them it's like trying to squat without firing your glutes which is just literally impossible like right. <laughs> you know so your triceps are going to fire so what your concern should be should be okay i want to make sure that my pecs are doing as much work as possible at least so maybe you have to change your grip up a little bit. Maybe you're going too narrow. You know, technically, the more narrow you go, the more tricep you use. So maybe you got a little, a little bit wider with your grip or or maybe there's some shoulder placement that you can adjust. You know, maybe your scapula need to be down or something. But the point is execution. Um, a lot of people that are dominant in the tricep to the front delts, they they can find better form if they just really, really try to figure it out. And um Maybe you should actually, you know, they say that use the term active range of motion, right? And if you have a super dominant assisting muscle, then maybe your ideal and optimal range of motion is slightly different. So maybe, maybe you know, he needs to press with a little bit different range of motion just to make his pecs do more work. Mm. But those are all... You know, maybe maybe shortening the top of the rep is going to be good for him, or maybe he doesn't go an inch deeper than than he used to maybe he stops an inch for his chest or something there might be some way where his pecs do more work so I, I would really try to explore the execution side of things you know i don't know that's just I, my first I, thought all those i absolutely agree on and the only thing i was going to add to it is also play with your rep ranges because i now this is a complete reverse but i found with my weak body parts when i would train uber heavy the strong body parts were taking over more whereas when i would drop the weights training a higher rep range i could really concentrate on feeling for example his chest hmm. or his back making sure he's you know because for example you you want to be thinking if you're if you're training back your hands are just hooks so they're hooked now where is my elbow going i mean that's essentially back training 101 is where's my elbow going and, and how did yeah. I hook my hand? And that's it. So find a way where you're feeling that activation the most is, is probably going to be pretty magical. Because if you're just, you know, as I say, gripping and ripping, then chances are your strong body parts are going to do them. Yeah. They're going to do that. Pull. Um, and then the final factor that I think you, you can't ignore is 
But is your back or your chest getting sore? Because although we don't say that's a factual thing, you might not even need to change anything. You might just find that those muscles are growing better and just keep going. I mean, you can't help it if your biceps grow better than your back does. But if your back's being properly stimulated, then you're doing all you can. So, you know, kind of it is what it is at some point. I think a lot of people very, very early, I mean, looking at the question, I kind of laughed and almost made a sarcastic remark because I didn't see a weak chest in the side tricep picture. It was on that accompanied by that uh, question. Weak compared to what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he does have some good answer. arms. He does have some killer yeah, arms. Yeah, yeah, arms great shoulders. Look at the delt on him, too. That's a pretty good I look. look. I like that say, side try. Yeah. That's a terrible chest. You know what I'm saying? So I think yeah. you're, you're comparing it you know? to awesome arms. Yeah. <laughs> also, so, also, you know, you got to be a world-class hugger if you want the good pecs. You know, get those dumbbell flies going. Yeah, and that's an isolation you know? movement, too. Yeah. And moms you know. love a good hug. Oh, wait. I, I'll moms add, love a good hug. I'll add one thing in, um, and, and that is I found for my back that I, I needed to get more of a stretch on my movements. And I think a big part of it was that I needed to relax the bicep. And for my chest, I found that I got a lot more benefit by going deeper because I got to a range of motion where, and like you were saying, maybe mess with the range of motion, Ron, uh, when I went deeper, my shoulders and triceps weren't able to support what I was doing. So it was more pec. So I found, and this is with the help of uh, uh, a guy who uh, is called, uh, uh, excuse me, Big Dave Smith helped me with this. He's been on the podcast too. And he had said, one of the things that he wanted me to understand was that the, the the muscle that you activate first in a compound movement is probably going to be that key target muscle. He didn't quite say it that way, but but if I think about it and I think about guys that have really good arms and they're doing like a pull down, but they're keeping a lot of tension in their biceps, then yeah, maybe your biceps are probably going to get a lot of that activation versus start with the lat, you know, start with the chest and yeah. then let the yeah. other muscles assist. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of added, you know, focus. Just make that body mm-hmm. part a priority mentally and the rest kind of follows, you yeah. know, really, really make it important for that thing to come up, you know? So. Well, okay. that's all I've got for, uh, for YouTube. Oh, guys. that's uh, all you got for YouTube. Yes. What's Dusty got there? I'm just, Dusty just put a question box yesterday. <clears throat> you know, it's <laughs> the only thing that's getting tricky is a lot of my, a lot of my questions on here now are, are regarding cigars and <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so how this is, is a good cigar question, life? There you go. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Go ahead. Okay, here's a good, here's a solid one. Biggest separator between pros and amateurs in bodybuilding, besides genetics, since that's the obvious. Well, yeah, I mean, genetics is the bottom end, the bottom line of everything, because genetics even dictates your brain chemistry to a large degree, and and I mean, you know nature the nature half of the development of your mental attitude anyways so genetics are all always going to be the bottom but um i would say desire to like outlast everyone like just determination and and mental attitude towards being successful you know i've just seen a lot of guys that had what it took physically Mm -hmm. but you know maybe they're 
just didn't have the like oh yeah i already have a company that does well and you know i already got a wife and everything's cool and you know i don't really they need to be a pro you know did really great at all my shows and you know smoked everyone at nationals in my first attempt in my weight class and i'm good you know like i know right. a lot of guys like that and there's a bunch of guys like that that could have been great pros if they were hungry maybe literally hungry right <laughs> <laughs> you know right maybe they didn't have that company paying the bills and they were stuck in a job they didn't like and there was a little more grit and grind under their fingernails maybe they would have put more into like the desire to be a, a pro bodybuilder but you know we we, all, we we both know dusty that being a pro bodybuilder comes from like you know when we were young we were very very hungry to accomplish things that we wanted to accomplish right you know what i mean and as you get older and more successful you're like hey these certain things aren't worth that sacrifice at this point in my life so you know that's different for everybody yeah but yeah the guys in the top say, they're not well when i turned pro no i there you go scott <laughs> i'm listening to you yeah, guys you on this one the, you understand the difference though because i really like to me my answer on my q a that i did was consistency because hmm. i really do yeah, think yeah. that that's the, the thing is i, I and and it is correct, the grind, but I think the interesting thing is, and Ron, you've said this before, if you want to be a great bodybuilder, whatever great is for you, okay, so that doesn't mean Phil Heath, but whatever's great is for you, the first factor is you have to love the training. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing you would rather do. And I'm retired and, you know, I have no, there's no, not even a thought of, oh, maybe one day I'll come back out. There's nothing I would rather do every day than train. And I know because I, I don't yeah. have to now. I, I don't even have to have sponsors. Like, this is what I would choose to do. And now it's gotten to the point I'm doing it first thing in the morning because I don't want anything else to fuck it up. Hmm. Because life is busier now and I have other things going on. So I'm like, well, I don't want to sacrifice my most important thing. So it's first. You know? Right. So, that's so you get up and eat breakfast one. and go train. Yeah. I don't even eat. I literally take aminos and go like I'm out the door in 15 minutes from the time I wake up to in the car. Um, but then the other thing is, is the diet and stuff. It's and Dennis mentioned this, like when you're in it, it, it was never like, oh, good. Now I can take a break from bodybuilding because the show is over or whatever. Like, right. You know, I used to go to the shows, even my first couple, I had food to get me home. Yeah, like knowing full well, like I knew I was doing it wrong. I wasn't Mr. Hardcore. Like I was going to eat some bullshit, but I made sure like, OK, I got three or so protein meals extra for the drive home. You know, it, it's it was ingrained that that was the only way I could get better. And I think for me and, and more than a lot of people, I knew from day one, I wasn't as good as the people I was trying to compete with. So it was like I didn't have an inch to give. I'm like. I have to absolutely be flawless and then hope for the perfect moment to actually win, you know? Right. So that, right. that was my thought on the difference was that is I think a lot of guys who could be pros um, that have the genetics and, and they think they have the desire, they actually don't because they're the ones that are quickest to can't wait till this prep's over or yeah, I took a few months off or like there's just a was difference. never a thought for me. There's a difference between desire and willingness. 
Right. You know, like we all have yes. desire, like, oh man, I want to turn pro or I want to compete at this show, but do you have the willingness to do the things? Because it is, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> I think the one thing that I add to that, having nothing to do with this exact conversation is, if you don't, there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm sure. shocked at how many people drag themselves through bodybuilding or whatever else that they don't really want to do. I'm like, it's your life. Fuck it. Like, if I didn't, like, I look back at when I you know, people would say, oh, you're missing out on life. I'm like, are you out of your mind? I yeah, love yeah, yeah. this. I like prepping my food. I don't need to go do those other things. Yeah. You know, and, and then, of course, for some of us that really got lucky, like Ron and myself, now I've traveled the world because of it. And I've met people all over the place and I've got a career. But now if you said to me, hey, Dusty, I know one of the big takeaways for you in bodybuilding is that there wasn't enough money at, at your ability level to make competing worth it. We're going to pay you 100 grand um, to get in shape like you used to. Now that's over. I don't want to. Like even for 100, I'm like, ah, it's over. Now it's not worth it to me because I can make 100 a different way and not give up the things that I'm no longer willing to give up, you know? So I don't think there's, I think a lot of people think that they're so hardcore. It's, it's bad when you lose that. I know for a fact, I don't, I have no desire to spend 16 weeks on one focused item. I like thinking about three things at all times. Now it's just a different time. You know, you know if I can add one right, thing right, to right. that too, for a lot of people that are younger that are watching this and you're not at that place, Dusty's talking about yet my advice would be take advantage of where you are now because you'll, it'll be over. It'll be over in no time. And, and, and I think that's one of the things is like, it, and it's something I try to tell some of my clients sometimes is like, well, you're, you know, early thirties now. So this is the time. If you're going to do this, this is the year to try to put that fire under them. Because a lot of times I think it's easy to be like, yeah, you know, I could always buckle down later, but it's, you know. Oh yeah. No, back, back then, man, it's, it was the, I sold my first business for bodybuilding because I realized right. I woke up every morning and my first priority was eating and training. And my competition in business woke up thinking, how can I beat Dusty at business? Hmm. And I said to myself, all right, well, if I split between these two things, I'll be mediocre at both. I can do business later. I sold my business and put everything into bodybuilding. Hmm. And that was the greatest decision at the time. Cause like you said, Scott, I knew it's now or never. And I, I cannot, like I knew, I cannot look back even if I have millions of dollars and go, fuck, I never chased that one thing that I can't do anymore. You know? So yeah, I, I'm, I loved that time. I mean, Ron, I know Ron and I mirror each other with that. It's like I woke up and it was like the only thing that mattered was every meal, every drink, Every set, you know, I'd be thinking about like next week's chest workout as soon as I finish today's like, all right, well, I got to got to beat this, got to do that, you know. <laughs> so I had somebody ask me, um, you know, about all the years that I competed, like, you know, when would I decide to do a show? Like what what would I do to choose shows? And the answer for that is that there there really was only one way to turn pro. Um, you had to win the Canadian Nationals, or you could go to North Americans back when I competed, right? So there's two yep. two pro cards, and the North Americans was a long shot. Like, 
that was a long shot for a Canadian to go down and win. There's been a couple do it, but it's pretty, pretty rare. So anyways, those were the two ways to turn pro. So there wasn't any choice as far as like, which pro qualifier will I do this year? You know, like nowadays people yeah. have, you know, up here they can do the Van Pro-Am, the Toronto Pro-Am, the Nationals, all the Arnolds, any of the Arnold amateurs, Olympia amateur, you fly anywhere you want, you know, you go to the MPC shows, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have any choice, but I was also completely committed all the time. So I would come off stage and people would say, how do you feel? And I'd be like, well, I'm pretty, you know, pretty disappointed with second, but back next year, let's go. Mm-hmm. Like I would already be in, like I, I would be in that day for the next nationals at mentally, yeah. physically, 100%. It was, there was only a couple of times where I like needed to like take a few days to think before I, you know, really decided, am I going to go again next year? And then there was a couple of times I didn't go because of like injuries and stuff, but I wound up doing 13 nationals and I think every single one of them. And then even the shows before that, like I did my first show and everyone's like, Oh, what's the plan? Like the night of the show, they're like, what's the plan? And I'm like, Oh, next year, provincials next year, you know? And then yeah. I won that and they're like, what's the plan? And I'm like, nationals next year. And they're like, Oh, you like decided already. I'm like, yep automatic they haven't even set the date yet but i'll be there you know like that sort of thing Mm -hmm. so and i i don't see i see a lot of people now um you know sort of humming and hawing about what show they're going to do and all that sort of stuff and um there was just none of that when i was competing like there wasn't any options and and you know i always thought like well dorian always had a plan to do this show the following year like he knew right away it wasn't like a question so you know so that was just kind of the attitude with that it was just like 100% commitment for 364 days, you know, the very day, right. the very day after this show, you're committed for the next year, you know? So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, uh, no, I it's think a it segue question because someone else asked this, um, and I'm going to cheat and tell you guys my answer. But, um, and the, and the reason I'm want this question is because I want to push further, but somebody asked, they said, is it possible in the open to turn pro with just above great genetic or just above average genetics? And I said, no. Yeah. So, and my, my reasoning, um, just to kind of get you guys some more thoughts on it was, I think we all focus on the 99.99, you know, the guys that are just off the charts, the 0.001%, the Kai greens, the Phil Heaths, where you're like, you were born to do this, but I don't think that bodybuilders who turn pro really recognize how good their own genetics are in comparison to the rest of the planet. Cause they're comparing themselves with Kai. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, think about how big you got, how much muscle you put on your frame Ron. And we know you put the work in and everything else, but most people could never do that. Like the, their body yeah. would not put on that much muscle mass. You know what I mean? And that was why my answer, it was easy. I, I think I said, nope. I don't even know that I gave a respectful answer. It was like, no. Because I don't think people realize how good the genetics are on the worst guys that turn pro as light heavies, heavies, or super heavies. Yeah. Yeah. Lots. Yeah. Even, yeah, it's like, 
even like the the players that you know maybe they only play one season of NFL. You know, like they get drafted and they maybe see the ball a couple times and that's it for them. Those guys were killers in college. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like like they're elite. And then they get to the NFL and they're like, "Ah, just not quite enough. And so Mm. that's the, you know, people people think, oh, you know, I got average genetics. I can be an average pro. (laughs) It's like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. And then people also have these fucked up ideas about genetics. Like people that say, oh, yeah, you know, Branch Warren out-trained his genetics. I'm like, did you see him as a teenager? He was, he beat Jay Cutler as a teen. Do you see him? He's got elite genetics do you see him at his biggest with his widest waist i don't care what his waist looked like for the average person to put on that level of muscle is just not gonna happen you know and the and and the shape like the the shape of the muscles and the way he stands his front relaxed the quarter turns fuck off with bad genetics branch (laughs) warren doesn't have bad genetics idiots branch warren (laughs) didn't out train his genetics he's like an elite example of like an absolutely oh. unbelievably good bodybuilder, head to toe, especially on his frame, you know? Yeah. He was always so, one of my favorites. Yeah, he, yeah, I think my argument with Branch would be he maximized his genetics. Yes. He maximized his genetics. Won. That's yeah. why he won Arnold Classics and took second at Olympias. Two like, of them. They're, acti- they're acting like, you know, uh, I He's like, came up and yeah. somehow took second at the Olympia. It's like, okay, that's fucking insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. How the fuck did you know, that happen? You know, some of these guys are getting pro cards drug free for fuck's sakes. Yeah, you know yeah. exactly. Like, come yeah, on. So, I I, th- I thought that was a good uh, a good and the nice thing was though because I already have answered that a lot of people messaged me and agreed. Like even guys who said, "Man, I I had a hard time reading that, but I know it's accurate." You know, <laughs> no, they did say in the open also. They didn't say like it's seventy years old. Yeah, masters. Yeah. Yeah, men's open. You, you yeah, just, yeah. If you can just not die long enough, then sure, at some point you can get it in the Masters. But yeah, the grand they're giving Grandmasters pro cards now, aren't they? Yep, they got it. You That's know, the one so. thing. And this is my this is my third dick comment of the day so far. Um, <laughs> just just the third one thing I do I do wish this is just on this episode. I mean, oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> I do wish that they're. Because they have given away so many pro cards now, like I, I, I sometimes I see the word IFBB Pro next to someone's name, and it kind of irks me. I'm like, you didn't do the same thing that other people yeah. did to get that. You know, I mean, I have clients, um, I have ex clients that um, that are pros now, and great people, and they worked hard. But when I see they're wearing their T-shirt, this is IFBB Pro, I'm like. Uh, technically, you know, it's like, it's, it's right. just a, it's just a different thing because I, I do feel like it's changed. It's changed to the point that when you go to shows, they don't give pros anything anymore. Unless, unless you're either a great fucking pro or you market the shit out of yourself on Instagram and social media. Cause I'm like 50, 50 on, if I get free tickets, when I walk into shows, I don't <laughs> ask, but sometimes they will. And when I, like when I was coming up, if you were a pro, they were like, come on in. Yeah. Sit yeah. Down. And and that's not I, I I totally understand what you're saying. Like it's not a grumpy old man comment like you guys don't deserve no, it's not like that. It's just that when something used to be really scarce 
Um, it has like scarcity def- helps define value, right? We know this. That's yeah. the, what economics is. So, you know, I remember growing up, like there were there was like one pro in my town, <laughs> right? And he was like retired since the eighties, but he was like a guy that won the Canadas, and technically he had a pro card. He never did a pro show, but he had mm-hmm. a pro card, and it was like that guy's got a pro card. And it was like, it was like, you might as well have said that guy owns five hotels. Yeah. Like it was like that valuable, you know? Um, And, and, you know, and then I remember driving to Edmonton to train at like the big city gyms, like five hour drive away, driving to Edmonton when I was young. And there was like a dude at the gym that had a pro card and it was like, he's got a pro, but he hadn't competed as a pro yet. So these guys hadn't even competed as pros, but they had pro cards. It was like, Oh my God. Yeah. You know? Right. And then like, I've told the story about Dorian Yates coming to do that tour in Western Canada in 93. And he did like six cities in like 10 days, you know? And I got tickets to see him at the last one, like 10 days after the Olympia. And, um, we drove eight hours to see him through the night i bartended or I, I bounced until two in the morning and then my buddy kevin who was at home sleeping woke up picked me up at the bar at 2 30 a.m and we hit the highway for the seminar the next day and we got to the hotel like around noon and we checked in and had a sleep and then we went to the seminar at like 4 p.m that was our that's what we went through to go see dorian give a seminar and a little guest posing hmm. and there was like right. there was like a hundred a hundred people there maybe and it was like the biggest fucking deal. Like we drove eight hours and then eight hours home just to see Dorian. And so that gives you an idea of how much value it was to go see like a Mr. Olympia, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas like nowadays, like you could say Jay Cutler's at the GNC across the street and half the people would be like, eh, I don't want to wait in line. <laughs> You know, <laughs> like <laughs> I'll just go on his Instagram because he's he's reporting from the store. He's talking on his Instagram. I'll just yeah, go see him. That. Like it's yeah. just funny. So it's it's not necessarily like just the you know all the divisions and everything. It's just the numbers. There's just so many pro cards out there now that they don't hold as much value as they used to, and that's just how things work. And it's not a grumpy well, old same, man observation. It's it, just it's, how it works. It's the same in reverse too. Though. I was going to say those. You know, if you go back to the '90s, Ron. You and I don't have pro cards ever. Yeah. Not a another, shot. That's another thing, head. right? <laughs> no. Like, like, you know, like, so I think that that's, yeah. you know, it's it's definitely not like it's like what you're saying, Ron. It's it's not a shot because I could say the same if you reverse further. Like, yeah. I we could go back 20 part. years and say the same thing about myself. So keep that yeah. in mind, too. It's just how things move. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's definitely different. So, but But one thing that doesn't change is, no, you can't have mildly above average genetics and turn pro in the open. This reminds me of something that I've been trying to keep on my mind. It's a Gary V thing. I know you guys, me and my Gary V. I like him. If I you like watch him. Gary V, yeah. I think so, but Gary V says something that I kept bringing it up during the pandemic to try to just like calm myself down. He's like, quit complaining about the rules. Quit complaining about the way things are. Just find a way to win with those rules hmm. like yeah. there's nothing you can do about it yeah and so you know when you think oh there's so many more pro cards now and all these divisions yeah okay fine like 
just keep coaching, do your thing, like fucking deal with it. Like, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Or, or, you know, just, uh, that, that works for so many things. I love the example that he gave was, it was a guy who asked him a question. He goes, Hey, I've got this idea for this weed delivery app. That's really unique and great, but the state I live in doesn't have legal weed. And Gary goes, fucking move. Yeah. And the guy just looked at him like he'd never thought of moving. And Gary goes, quit fucking complaining to me. Fucking move. move That's a solution. Yeah. yeah. This isn't complicated. Like, <laughs> and so I remember just loving that and thinking like, you know, I, I got to remember, you know, because we all have moments where we, we complain about the way things are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ah, oh, fucking these fucking government doing this to me, and I got to pay this in taxes, and I oh, fine, fuck it. Like you can't do anything about it. Fucking yeah, deal yeah. with it. Just succeed anyways. You know. Yep. So, yeah, that's my little thing. I run that in my head sometimes. I like that. You know? It's a positive <laughs> message. Hmm. Well, you know, I try. I try, Scott. He does. Hey. Oh, Dusty's looking. Dusty's looking. I just want to make sure I don't have anything else that's uh, that's a solid ad. Um, you had some solid ones today. They were good. Yeah, yeah, I think they are. I think, we're, I think we're pretty well good though. These, you know, what sucks? I have to admit it. I've started. I say started. I've just started. I'm going to start using um, TikTok now because literally the the control that Instagram has on my views is ridiculous now. Really? How so? So. Yeah, the amount of people that even see my posts are so low. Like I put up a post the other day, and just nothing, just a normal post. Three thousand people saw it. I used to get twenty thousand to see. Yeah, see three. Okay, thank you for the context because I'd be like, "You guys want to hear something awesome? Three thousand people saw my post." (laughs) I don't do a lot of. Yeah, well, the big, the big one is this though. uh, uh, Why is three thousand people saw it? Yeah, but only. 26 people who don't follow me saw it. That's what, the other thing. Uh, what What's the deal? Do you have an idea it's, or you just know? Across the, no, it's across the board with, uh, I mean, so many accounts much bigger than mine as well. On the flip, if you have a smaller account, yeah. you'll see that your stuff's getting seen more than it used to. They're, they're, Which I don't it is. Know what the, yeah. I don't know what the benefit is to them, but it's happening. So point being is I, pro- I put this up last night and I probably have 50 questions. Whereas I used to get a few hundred in a few hours. Right. So I've I've been told that um, Instagram is just so heavily favoring reels that if you're not posting reels all the time, like Scott mentioned this, um, they always so, you know yeah. I I'm definitely bad at that because I hardly use a reels feature at all. I feel like it's halfway between story and post, and I'm like, why do they yeah. need this? You know. Um, mm-hmm. And then another thing was my story view. My story views are way down. Like I used to post, you know, I used to post like, you know, a fucking trick on my bike or something and it would get like 2,500 views and now they get like 600. I wonder what's changed. You know, YouTube does that too. We, you know, I have to, you know, the, I actually thought of YouTube, Ron, when you said like, you know, deal with it and still be good at it. Like I've had to try to figure out, well, like, how do we still be good and be successful and get views with YouTube? Thankfully, right now we're in favor. It's funny because I used to watch some, uh, some, some channels that would teach you how to be successful at YouTube. And back then they were all saying like five minute videos and you got to get in and do this and get out, blah, blah, blah. And now all those same channels are doing one hour videos. 
So it's like now yeah. we're in, this is in, long format is in for, for right. now. But guess what? Yeah. That's going to change, you know? So it's cool. Glad to be here while we're here, guys. That's why you do both, you know, which which is what Gary says too. Like, yeah. I won't stop doing Instagram. Yeah. But right. I've danced around enough to realize, okay, I, you also have to expand out. So we're going to do both. But the cool. reason I brought it up, like I said, is we just have less questions than usual. Mm. And I do know too, even in the house, I mean, Nikki goes to TikTok now to, to look things up. Oh, yeah. Because it's become a place to get information and Instagram isn't. So I'm like, I just have, okay. I just don't want to use you know. TikTok. I don't want to use TikTok. Here's the thing, though, Ron. Unless you're willing to dance like a little girl, I know. <laughs> I know. Actually, the, the true key is though, uh, one one great one, and I'll plug him because he's phenomenal at it. Is uh, look at uh, Mike Van Wick's uh, TikTok. Yeah, he oh, okay. slays it over there, and it's all bodybuilding shit, and it's not a TikTok account. And I mean, I don't know. He's got, I'm guessing, a couple hundred thousand followers over there already. Nice, and it's great content and it's applicable to adults nice. so it, you don't right. you know i think the problem is is a lot of us have fallen into this vibe of like oh well my teenagers get on there and do little corny dances and i'm not fucking doing that you don't have to right you can put yeah, in yeah. good content and people are going there so you definitely should it is a pain in the ass because i've gotten lazy and it's so easy to do instagram i'm like fuck i gotta figure out how to do all this shit now but fortunately I have some geniuses in the house that can show me, so we're good. There you go. Yeah, right. you need somebody like under <laughs> yeah, eighteen yeah. to help. <laughs> I need youth the, for the, help. The intergenerational uh, tech squad. Yeah, I'm finally going teams. in. I'm like the grandpa going in. Help the old man, would you? I remember a few <laughs> years, a few years ago, uh, John Meadows made a post, and he was like, "Hey, I just came back from this Gary, Gary V seminar, and Gary said this new thing is called TikTok. That's going to be the next social media thing." To get on he's like so i'm gonna start doing tiktok now and at the time i remember going to it and i searched bodybuilding and there was like two people like two guys on it imagine if you and at the time i was like yeah if i'm already doing enough there, it. i was like i'm already doing enough you know let them somebody else yeah. have this but yeah if yeah. you cashed in then you'd probably be doing pretty good with it <laughs> okay well thanks everybody um like share subscribe comment ring the bell there you go. And of course, appreciate the last five minute crew for sticking around to the end. Remember, Mutant supporting the show now. So you go to immutant.com and in North America and you can order using our codes Big Ron 20 and Dusty 20. No offense to either one of us. Use whatever code as you, as you want. Mine. As long as it's the Canadian guys. <laughs> you know? So, okay. Thanks. Thanks, Scott, for everything. And uh, definitely let us know what you thought of the episodes this week. Cheers, everybody. And remember, it's just bodybuilding. 